And welcome to Valentine's Day on the Pure Opelka Podcast. It's Mike here. Thanks for being here. I know, I know you got a lot to do. You're probably rushing around doing last-minute Valentine's Day card, chocolate, or rose shopping. Good. That's a good thing. Celebrate. Enjoy. Be happy. There's more to life than just the crazy arguing that is involved in politics these days. There's certainly enough of that. We're never going to run out of it. So just try and enjoy. Have a good time. It could be worse. It could have been like the very first Valentine's Day where St. Valentine was beheaded. And so we turned it into a day to celebrate love, which that's not a good thing, is it, to be beheaded? No, never. Anyway, uh, speaking of this day in history, let's look at this day on this day back in the day on the 14th of the month of February. What are we celebrating? Well, we already mentioned St. Valentine and uh, that moment, but there also is the Valentine's Day massacre in Chicago when in uh, 1929 Al Capone's gang gunned down a bunch of Bugsy Malone's people in Chicago. Not a good thing. Uh, There were some other important things that happened on this day back in the day. For example, 1876, Alexander Graham Bell filed for a patent on his telephone. And apparently there were other people working on a similar device, but Bell got there first. So it is important to get there first, as well as getting it right. The uh, state of Arizona became the 48th state on this day in 1912, which is a good thing, we hope. Maybe we can turn Arizona back to a red state in the next election cycle. We will see. On this date in uh, 1979, there were armed guerrillas that attacked the United States Embassy in Tehran, Iran. And I guess that should have been a warning sign to us that that embassy was going to be under attack. And later that year... A bunch of our Americans would have been taken hostage and it would have taken Ronald Reagan's election to get them set free. So happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, Overnight, there was some big news yesterday. We, We lost another seat in the House. The George Santos seat on Long Island was flipped. And it looked like it was flipped because we didn't get a really strong pro Trump candidate in there. I don't know if that's the case as much as the Democrats are just really good at early voting. And we need to be really good at early voting. If early voting is going to be a thing, we can't just bitch about it. We have to counter it. We have to go out and be as good at early voting as Democrats are. From the reports I'm seeing, the Democrat candidate, a Democrat machine candidate, Tom Suozzi, who's been in politics on Long Island forever. He had an 11,000-plus vote advantage going into Election Day just from early voting. So we have to be better at that. We have to be a lot better at that. It's a bad idea not to be doing what the Democrats are doing if they're winning. And near where I am in the state of Pennsylvania, there was a chance for Republicans to pick up a state house seat which would have changed the control of the state house in Pennsylvania, and that effort failed. So it was not a good day in terms of elections for the GOP. And with 265 days to go, 
we got to get our stuff together and start working on elections and winning elections. And I'm telling you, it's going to be early voting that's going to be key to it. And we can't change early voting unless we have control. So we have to win stuff. Now, what's going on in the race for the presidency? Well, Donald Trump hasn't made too many statements today. Joe Biden came out and made a couple of statements yesterday. They're trying to capitalize, they, the Democrats, trying to capitalize on Donald Trump's statements regarding NATO, trying to make it look like Donald Trump is not a patriotic guy, doesn't support NATO. And uh, this is one of those areas where we need to stop giving the Democrats ammunition. We need to be smarter about it. We need to be the ones who say, all right, we're not going to give you any ammo. Because when you make the statements like Donald Trump made, you set up Biden. Even though his brain ain't working right, it gives him the opportunity to come out and say, well, you're not supporting the rest of the world. You're giving an opportunity to dictators and madmen like Putin to go invade other NATO countries and our friends, our allies. Biden came out yesterday, an hour late to his own event, by the way. He was supposed to be there an hour before he finally showed up. And the weird part was, you know, we knew he was going to come out and trash Trump and Republicans and MAGA. But the weird part was he started talking before he actually got to the podium, to the lectern there. As he's, as he's walking out, he finally is getting close to it. Then he starts talking but he's not right there yet. It was bizarre. Good afternoon. About 10 feet away. Before we begin, I'm going to make this statement that it stand on its own. I'm not going to take any questions, but I'll be taking questions tomorrow and the next day. So Joe Biden came out yesterday and about 10 feet away from the podium, he said, uh, I'm going to make this statement. Let's stand on its own. I'm not going to be taking any questions, but I'll be taking questions tomorrow or the next day. Really? Will you? Will you? This is because of what happened last week with the late presser when Joe decided that Mexico was now close to Israel and, and instead of Egypt. It's now right where Egypt is on the map. Yeah, that was weird. But at the end of it, after Biden ranted, he said something even weirder at the very, very end. Listen to this. God bless you all. May God protect our speakers. And I promise I'll come back and answer questions later. Thank you. When Trump said that, sir, what did Putin And then he walks away. So wait a minute. What did he say? Um, uh, God bless you. God bless our speaker. Why is he blessing the speaker? I don't think he meant that. See, I think the speaker of the house is, is in his head. And then he promised to come back and take questions later. Here it was again. God bless you all. May God protect our speakers. And I promise I'll come back and answer questions later. Thank you. And he closed the binder and then he walks away. And no, he didn't come back and take questions later. That didn't happen. That never happens. What's going on with his brain? And when are we going to find out? When are we going to actually get answers about Joe Biden's brain? I think it's happening on the 12th of never. Although... What happened yesterday with some independent, even left-leaning journalists reporting on what the, what the uh, intelligence agencies did to the Trump campaign in 2015 and 2016, 
this might be pushing Biden to the rethink running, not just his brain problems, but this scandal, too. Michael Schellenberger, who is an incredible reporter, a guy who leans very far left, put out a post yesterday on public saying that the FBI started spying on the Trump campaign after foreign governments, quote, by chance, close quote, discovered evidence that his advisors were colluding with the Russians, the government said. But now multiple credible sources tell Schellenberger that the CIA, the CIA, our CIA, John Brennan's CIA, asked foreign allies to spy on 26 Trump associates. 26. Schellenberger said the CIA had foreign allies spy on Trump team, and that triggered the Russia collusion hoax. If you read Cash Patel's book, which is a really good book, you can read it in about three days. It's called Government Gangsters. It lays out the entire timeline of what the left did to Trump when he was campaigning, when he was in office, and now after, as he's running to get elected again. Government gangsters. Maybe we'll get Cash in here and we'll talk to him about it. But this Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi story is really important. And it really shows that there was an effort to sneaky, sneaky peek this whole thing and to go around uh, all of the conventions and create an, an air of, of Russia connections between the Trump campaign and the Russians? Really? And was there any truth to that? I'm old enough to remember when Donald Trump was on the 60 Minutes with Leslie Stahl before the election. Do you remember this one? So the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign, There's Leslie. no e real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. No, you won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't look, put on you. things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify that. It's been that. totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. As a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. Yeah, you do. And now you know it for certain, because Schellenberger and Taibbi, two guys who lean more left than anything, are reporting it, that the fix was in. This was all set up. The entire story, again, I, I, I'll tell you Cash Patel's book is a great book to read on this. I encourage you to read it. And by the way, when you do this kind of work, when you push this kind of crap, it, it pays off with you if you're a member of the mainstream media. CNN has promoted Natasha Bertrand. She's gotten a new gig, a big promotion to cover national security and politics across all of CNN's platforms. They gave her a big shout out yesterday. And then as they posted it on Twitter X, they limited anything anyone could say. Why? Because Natasha was the one who spread the Russia collusion lie. She wrote the story that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. She's now been promoted for being a good water carrier. Isn't that amazing?
Yep. If you're on the inside, you get taken care of. Uh, other things that I'm keeping an eye on today, and i got to share something with you. We're waiting on Dr. Michael Roizen to join us. It is Wednesday, after all. We have to talk about Wellness Wednesday. The uh, Harvard students, they're so brave, aren't they? They really are. They're, they started a hunger strike. It lasted 12 hours. They didn't eat for an entire 12 hours. What a bunch of wimps. This is why you really can't worry about the college kids, because they eventually give up. They're weak. Very weak. Weird stories that were out there, and I, I'm going to say something on this one. I'm probably going to get some booze from you. The story about the car that crashed into the emergency room in the Texas Medical Center in uh, Austin, Texas. I know one person died. It's a tragedy. But this car in the video is crazy. The car goes blasting through the wall at the waiting room of the emergency room. And at least they didn't have too far to go now, did they? I'm sorry. Not really. Too soon? Too soon? CBS and Paramount, the day after announcing that the Super Bowl had the highest ratings in the history of television, the day after, and how much were they making per commercial? $7 million, something like that. The longest Super Bowl ever, I believe it was. Seventh longest football game in the history of the NFL. So there was a lot of time for commercials. CBS and Paramount announced that they're having money problems, so they had to fire 800 people across their various platforms. But one of those people was Catherine Herridge. Catherine Herridge, who used to be at Fox and CBS picked her up, and she's been doing great work, actual journalism over at CBS. And so she got rewarded by doing actual journalism by getting fired. Natasha Bertrand over at CNN, who spread fake news, she got promoted. Natasha gets the promotion. Catherine Herridge gets the boot. Hmm. Doesn't seem right, does it? No, it doesn't. Stories I'm keeping an eye on, the North Carolina Police Academy that is getting pitched the idea of training all of its uh, class of new officers by teaching them the 68 genders that are out there. What a gigantic waste of time. A massive, gigantic waste of time. We'll keep an eye on that. The other stories that I'm keeping an eye on, Travis Kelsey, yes, yes, the parade is happening today for the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey's now a movie producer, so maybe this is a power couple that's going to be happening with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And the big question everybody else is asking, will Kelsey bring Taylor to the White House when they have the ceremony honoring the Super Bowl champs at the White House? The Chiefs are saying, we will decide if that happens. Huh. Will you? Really? I think Taylor Swift has a little more influence than the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm just throwing that out there. And speaking of the Chiefs, there was an incredible moment that I have to share with you. An amazing, incredible moment with the Chiefs field goal kicker, Harrison Butker, who obviously has earned his accolades, but he should have been given a lot of love for his address to the graduates 
of the Georgia Institute of Technology. This is from last year. Last May, he stood up before the graduating class of 2023 and said some amazing things. Again, this is a guy who kicks a football for a living. He's not even on the field for that many plays, but he is one of the best we've ever seen. And apparently he might have a career in giving motivational speeches. Here's a couple of moments from Harrison Butker at the Georgia Institute of Technology last May. I am someone not much older than all of you, yet I've been asked to speak, not because I am a great orator or because I have a number of impressive accolades. Well, I guess I do have two Super Bowl rings. Now he's got three, right? I just happen to be blessed by God to be really good at kicking a funny-shaped ball between two yellow posts. So as someone who is not paid to speak for a living, I'm about to pop off some hard truths. Seems very likable. And and like I said, now he's a three-time Super Bowl champ. Here's a little bit of what he had in terms of advice for the graduates. I don't care if you have a successful career. I don't care if you have a big bank account or you fly private. Many of you in this crowd will achieve these things. Some of you maybe already have. But in the end, no matter how much money you attain, none of it will matter if you are alone and devoid of purpose. I I love the fact that he went right after finding a purpose and not being alone. It's really kind of a good thing. I'm going to fast forward a little bit to get to some of the real meat of what he had to say because... I think this is just a home run speech, and I'm glad it is resurfacing on the internet. I will be reposting it in its entirety as well. Is suffering. We all see it. It doesn't matter which political persuasion you sit on or whether you are a person of deep faith or not. Anyone with eyes can see that something is off. Studies have shown one of the many negative effects of the pandemic is that a lot of young adults feel a sense of loneliness, anxiety, and depression, despite technology that has connected us more than ever before. It would seem the more connected people are to one another, the more they feel alone. I'm not sure the root of this, but at least I can offer one controversial antidote that I believe will have a lasting impact for generations to come. Get married, and start a family. Wow. What a radical idea. Get married and start a family. Got kind of a lukewarm response. Got a few cheers, but his advice to the graduates, get married and start a family. 2023, still good advice today. I'll let him wrap up his little remarks here. I will say this is the, the most important ring I have right here. Having kicked, That was his wedding ring, not his Super Bowl rings. ...to the game-winning field goal in both the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl, I have received a great deal of praise for these successes. They just announced that this Super Bowl was the most-watched football game of all time, and yet all of this happiness is temporary. And the truth is, none of these accomplishments mean anything compared to the happiness I have found in my marriage and in starting a family. How great is this? Again, this is a year-old speech from Harrison Butker, now three-time Super Bowl champ, guy that kicks a football for a living, 
I applaud him. Well said, sir. Thank you. Thank you for stepping up. We have um, we have so many things we're going to get to this week. I know it's a crazy, crazy week. And then next week is CPAC. We'll be in D.C. most of the week next week covering all of the madness of CPAC. So a lot to look forward to, including a Saturday night radio show, a Monday show, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week. It's packed. So you'll get details at puropelka.com. I see he's here right now. Uh, our, our buddy from the Cleveland Clinic joins us pretty much every Wednesday on Wellness Wednesday. Dr. Michael Roizen of uh, longevityplaybook.com. All the great research we discuss every week, and we're going to get into it here. My friend, welcome. It's a privilege to be here as usual, Michael. I hope you're getting the Longevity Playbook newsletter. It was a really good, you know, we write them in advance, so I don't know what's coming out this week, but this week came out about B12 and how especially uh, vegans need to get their lever level measured. So I hope you got that. A neat cartoon showing that, uh, I'm not going to spoil the cartoon, but there's a cartoon every week. Uh, with the longevity playbook and I hope you're gonna get that well I got it uh, a couple days ago I have to tell you the headline reads bolster your body and brain with b12 so yeah it was in my inbox and everybody should go to longevityplaybook.com and sign up and get it It just shows up it's got great information and um, as Dr. Royce said even even funny cartoons to help you understand how you can be healthier and better and all that so yeah I got it good now, let me ask you, last week we, we ran out of time and you wanted to talk about some news in the world of cervical cancer and breast cancer. And those are obviously two gigantic areas of interest for this audience. Uh, what do we need to know in this arena? So the first thing is because uh, largely because of early detection and we're advancing on vaccines, et cetera, but largely because of early detection, there's been a decrease in breast cancer deaths since 1970. So the question I have for you is how great a decrease has there been in breast cancer deaths? It's a you. Okay, I wish it could be a hundred percent decrease. You know, that's one of those things that you just you hope and pray for every year. I, I would imagine it's significant if you're this uh, this hyped up about it. Uh, let's just say it's a sixty percent decrease in deaths from breast oh, cancer. Got it, almost exact. It's fifty-eight percent. Oh, I was close. I was very close. That, that actually means that there would have been about. 65,000 more breast cancer deaths in the United States last year had not the advances in breast cancer detection and treatment occurred. I just got a chill, Dr. Royzen. That is astounding, and it's great, it's great news, but it, we're not quite there yet. Like I said, 100% would be great, 58% reduction, saving over 60,000 lives essentially, predominantly women, of course, you know, the rare cases men get it. But when you talk about detection, and we know about the regular screening, self-exams, mammograms, etc., there's a story about a new saliva test for breast cancer that they said can give you the results in, in minutes and costs like five bucks. What do we know about this? 
Well, I'd like to find out more about it. So I think I know what it's doing. Um, there's an antibody that binds to the breast cancer tissue that then can send a different electrical impulse based on the size of the tumor and running a small current, we call it an impedance current, it's smaller than a battery current, through you um, and it will detect an abnormal impedance. That's the technique. We wait to see what we call its sensitivity, how good it is at detecting disease and its specificity, which is how good it is at avoiding misdetection. We don't know the answers yet um, on this for widespread tumors. I assume it's been tested. I haven't seen the any papers on it or publications on it yet, so I'll wait to see that before we comment on it. But it does bring up the importance of early detection, and that's another big story this week. Women are not getting the cervical cancer tests they should, and consequently, cervical cancer rates are increasing. Mm. That is, an early detection uh, of cervical cancer via pap smears that then can allow early treatment and getting rid of it um, very quickly with just a little scraping and, and a chemical. Well, if you don't get it detected early, you can get cervical cancer. And cervical cancer rates are increasing in 30 to 50-year-old women. These are the women who just missed getting the vaccine and have become sexually active. And not only does that lead to cervical cancer, the HPV, but the other story is how much it leads to cardiovascular disease. But let's come back to that screening. It was in 2012, 87% of women got screened at least once every three years. That's now down to 72%, and it should be for early detection every year. So guys, on this Valentine's Day, um, not only talk to your love about how much you love her, but ask her to go and get her pap smear so she doesn't have the development of cervical cancer and can live healthy much longer. The second story on this is there's a threefold increase in heart disease, stroke um, within 10 years of HPV infection. So important, up to age 45, you can get the HPV vaccine, maybe even later if you are widowed and become sexually active again or are sexually active over that age, get the HPV vaccine. It prevents against this infection, which is the leading cause of cervical cancer, the leading cause of throat cancer, and, the, and now a major cause of um, heart disease, stroke, and memory loss. Wow. These are gigantic numbers, doctor, and they're not they're not going the right direction. Can we connect this to, on a timeline, the pandemic? And we talked many times during the pandemic how many people were avoiding 
the regular screenings, regular checkups, et cetera? Uh, maybe it's related to that. They did not say what it was related to, but it is a decrease. That's from 87% to 72% once every three years. And remember I said, you should be getting it every year. So this is a uh, message. Not only should guys get prostate cancer screening, women should get cervical cancer screening over the age of 40, clearly, and probably over the age of 30 if they're sexually active. Great advice and important life-saving advice in many instances. Dr. Michael Royson with us. And for men and women, they can get boys and girls at age 11. Now we're getting the HPV vaccine. But for all the way, if you're up to age 45, get it. And clearly, if you become sexually active with a different partner, get it over the age of 45 as well. It's a two-shot process, but they aren't as painful as any of the other vaccines, and they're a hell of a lot of benefit. Yeah, it's certainly not as painful as getting cancer. You know, the, the, a little preventive maintenance is always a, a smart thing. Dr. Roizen, I have to ask you, we talked about the saliva test for breast cancer that's still new and still we're waiting to get all the details on it. But uh, one of these stories that just hit me this week talked about how people and their health can be diagnosed sometimes when the person's actual smell changes, not their sense of smell, but just the, the aroma off their body. Can we diagnose people based on how they smell? Um, what happens with uh, tumors and some other diseases is the cell starts producing abnormal proteins. Your genes produce proteins. That's what they do. And some of those proteins are what we call aromatic acids. That is, those proteins have a aroma to them, a smell to them. So you've heard the stories of dogs detecting an abnormal smell in the breath of their masters when they get lung cancer, for example. And, and that's what it is. The tumor is producing an abnormal protein that has a smell. If it gets large enough or is a potent enough smell, it oozes through your skin. That's how you get rid of that smell. And it is detectable that way. So if you've got someone who can detect it, that's how it would get detected. That's also one of the ways, you know, um, Mike, this is a, a test question for you again. Okay. What happens if you have a piece of rotten fruit in a bowl of fruit? What happens to the neighboring fruit? Well, usually if it's like getting moldy, it jumps from one to the other. Right, and that's the same process. They're putting out an, a protein that gets to the neighboring fruit that has an abnormal smell as well, but it is a protein that travels through the air and gets to the neighboring fruit and tells the neighboring fruit you're in trouble. Well, the same thing happens as we get old. That's the basis of the senolytic theory of age reversal. That is, we get old cells that were there to protect us and that would send out a signal to the neighboring cells, hey, there's an attacker in the area, form a scab, essentially someplace so you don't bleed out. That's the teleology of it. 
but whatever it is, it makes an old cell makes the neighboring cells in your body function as if older. And if we get rid of those old cells as soon as they're produced, you can become younger. That's the one of the theories of aging. Mm. And sometime in the next couple of weeks, we'll go through where this is going because it's advancing rapidly and helping at least some animal species, including not only mice and rats, but now dogs, this process become younger and has moved into human testing now and seems to have a potential of a great benefit and will tell you how you can take advantage of it. It's very low risk and you can take advantage of it. So we'll talk about that in one of the next couple of weeks. Excellent. Excellent. And I encourage everybody to prepare for our talks. We talk to Dr. Michael Royce just about every week. Go to longevityplaybook.com. Sign up for the newsletter. It's great. And it comes in your inbox every week. And you don't even have to do anything except read it and be smarter and get younger and healthier and live longer and all that good stuff. My friend, I so appreciate you. Have a great rest of your day and rest of your week. Thank you, Michael, and you as well. And since I'm going to get to play golf this weekend, may both of us celebrate hole-in-ones. I hope so. Good luck, brother. Take care. And there he goes. And here I go. We'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, with a fresh podcast and just uh, an update on all the madness that's going on. Till next time, testudo, my friends. Testudo.